Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media. We are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Hit us up. Find the links to the show on our Twitter feed as well. Hit us up on Instagram and TikTok, too, for more Titans coverage as training camp practice looms. Uh, Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us, and they help out you guys with Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Bone & Joint Institute, BoneAndJointTN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Plus, Farm Bureau Health Plans get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans. That's better coverage, better rates, better service. Learn more about a health plan for you at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. So it's not my shade, and I know it's not at least one of your shades, uh, but uh, there has not been a Facebook notification that has gone out yet again today. Zach, I don't know about you, but I got my Facebook notification for yesterday's morning show at 1 p.m. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened with that, but uh, Facebook acting funky. They better get their stuff straight uh, before training camp starts as we are one week away, Zach, from the first training camp practice uh, for the Tennessee Titans. They practice on the field Wednesday morning at 9.30. So looking forward to that. Uh, but we have a lot of good conversation today because Adoree Jackson uh, went on a podcast, Steve Smith's podcast, uh, senior, excuse me, can't leave out the senior, but uh, just kind of recap for everybody about Adoree Jackson's career in Nashville and how it ended so we can kind of set the stage on his comments on Mike Vrabel. Well, we all know what year that was. That was the same year that the number five overall pick, Corey Davis, was taken, the highest wide receiver in franchise history at number five overall in the NFL draft. But the Titans had another pick. That was stemmed from the trade with the Rams, which is connected to Jared Goff, and we're playing Kevin Bacon because Goff was traded and Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl this past year. But with Adoree Jackson, Adoree Jackson was taken out of USC. I actually watched something. He was, I watched a TikTok of when he came out of high school. He was one of the top 10 athletes to come out of high school went to USC and he was dynamic. I mean, oh, he, yeah. he really was as a punt returner. He scored multiple touchdowns. We talked about that. He tried he won that. The, he won the career. Thorpe award, which is the best defensive back in all it's college football. Yeah. And that again, that leads right into his defensive back skills. And look, he did get his fifth year option picked up. He was 18th overall. You sit there and you say, well, First round pick, need to sign to a new contract. They had to make a decision on Corey Davis. They had to make a decision on Adore Jackson. They decided to make that on Adore Jackson. That was a unique year. They cut Adore Jackson after the fifth year option. And that last year that he was a Tennessee Titan, struggled with injury. Didn't play like the first 10 weeks of the season. Came off IR three weeks later. Still didn't figure out how he could play. It was just really a shell of himself of who they drafted and that ultimately sealed the fate of them deciding to move on. And he found a new home kind of like Logan Ryan did. Logan Ryan's now at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before that he was with the New York football giants, New York football giants also released some pretty sick throwbacks this morning. They're going back to the eighties and nineties mm -hmm. blue monsters uh, of the midway right there. Okay. But 
I do think Adoree Jackson, look, he didn't work out. We've talked to and criticized John Robinson quite a bit on his first-round picks. Adoree Jackson has to be looped in to another first-round pick failure. Yeah, and, and for whatever reason, the Giants gave him like $13 million a year to after he got cut. And the nuance between the fifth-year option, it was the right decision to pick up the fifth-year option, but also the correct decision to get out from under it because of the injury that happened and there was a lot of drama with that injury. Uh, happy birthday, Buck Rising, by the way. But also, uh, that's when Wayne is a Dory coming off IR. Uh, questions started flooding Buck Rising's feed. So, to set the stage on the on the comments that we're going to hear from a Dory Jackson on the Cut to It podcast, which is featuring Steve Smith Sr., uh, a Dory Jackson was asked about his movement throughout the NFL. First-round pick. Uh, high-profile player, cut, free agent, big new contract with a new team, right? And so he was asked kind of what that process was like, and Adoree, I cut out the 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 stuff that we don't need to hear, but Adoree basically said that, you know, he, he had adversity when they fired the entire staff after his rookie year. And when they fired his coaching staff in college, they just hired from within with Clay Helton, who he had a relationship with. Clay Helton recruited him. So this was his first time having a new coaching staff come in completely and how he had to adjust to it. And that's where the conversation picked up with Adoree Jackson talking about Mike Vrabel and how he did not mesh with the Titans head coach. Vrabel get there. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's like I had to get used to him and what he wanted and the type mm -hmm. of player he wanted, the type of style he wanted. And as, a, as that being my first time trying to get used to it, uh, it we didn't jail. Like it didn't mesh right. Like my mm -hmm. play didn't work, and the way he was coaching just didn't work for me. Correct. And, yeah. Um, so um, my 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 third year, I played a lot better because I got more of a lucky mentality. Like, all right, man, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Like you understand in, in that sense. Then the last, the fourth year, I ended up being hurt. Yeah. Um, so I think, like you said, the highs and lows, man. I didn't went through it, battled it. Um, Go a little deeper though, because I don't think people really understand. Like most fans don't really understand. Right, they don't look at football as a business, right? They yeah. look at it at a business when a guy leaves for more money or a guy requests a yeah. trade. But as far as the day to day, you saying it didn't mesh, and not going to graphic details no, or so. details in, in in a negative way. But I'm just talking about details of your mentality of when you say it doesn't mesh. Your mentality, like like I said, the game is ninety percent mental, mm. the other is physical. So physically, I can go out there and do what I want to do mentally. It's about, okay, being coached a certain way, a different scheme, a certain scheme. Now I'm playing a different scheme. Now I got to get used to, oh, man, I always play like this. And he's telling me, they're telling me, oh, you need to do it like this. And not knowing or not, I won't say not knowing, but yeah, it's having that muscle memory of always doing something and doing it this way, playing this way, and then getting taught, try to do this way. And then trying to be more in my head about, all right, let me do what they want me to do and be right. Instead of now, I'm like not playing my game. So it took me a minute. That's why I said it didn't match. And then the coaching styles of, I mean, that's just probably just how they go. The coaching styles yeah, of professional. They right? they, they, they didn't, Everybody they didn't coach them. different. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I feel like, man, good. I mean, you're a good coach. Like, smart as hell. Know what you're doing. Yeah. You just got to know how to coach everybody. But at the end of the day. So there's a Dory Jackson there. Uh, and at the end of the day, the main quote that came up, uh, from Adoree Jackson there right at the end. Good coach, smart as hell. He knows what he's doing, but he don't know how to coach everybody. That's Adoree Jackson on the Cut To It podcast from Steve Smith. So you can read more about that. 
Sam Phelan wrote about that on our website, a to Z sports.com uh, yesterday too. But Zach, your initial takeaway from hearing that for the first time. Well, I actually, I was looking at the comments while I was playing and we had, had some interesting comments. Sean brings up Vrabel's expectations were higher than Jackson's ability, at least his ability to stay healthy. Billy Jones comes in and says, Adoree was an average corner got burned early in games and then another Titan that could not stay on the field, especially towards the end of his Titans career. You know, I think this is probably always a struggle with a guy like Adoree Jackson. Adoree Jackson, as I referenced, very highly recruited out of high school, went to USC, an illustrious program, got drafted into the first round. And then when you get to the pros, and I've look, I've not been a coach, uh, I've not been a player. But I've covered the NFL for now almost 15 years. When you have really talented guys, they can come in the NFL and their style works so well that coaching just elevates them. They don't have to do everything that the coach tells. It is not a dictatorship where you have got to change the way that you play. But if you don't have that initial success, or you don't have that mentality and mindset, and you're not that guy, I do think that Adori brings something up that happens to a lot of premier players and first-round draft picks. They get caught in their own head. They can't play like they did in college because you're a professional. This is a job. You've got to show up to work. You've got training camp. You've got to work out later. You got to stay late for film. You've got competition within your locker room. Your other corner across the, uh, the sidelines is, is waking up earlier than you. The coaches are telling you that, mm -hmm. right? They're motivating you. So all of these factors come in, but I do think that Adori brings up the biggest point is you have to be mentally strong. And it sounds like to me, Adoree Jackson at times was mentally weak for the coaching staff around him. Every coach has to coach each individual player differently, but they also have to breathe the same message to everyone, right? You, you, Jimmy Johnson was notorious for treating his stars like stars and then cutting the safety for being two minutes late. He ain't cutting Emmett Smith like that. Well, Dory Jackson had the opportunity to be a star as a first-round draft pick, and Mike Vrabel came in there as a first-time NFL head coach, mm -hmm. and it sounded like the way that Dory wanted and, I don't know, maybe needed to be coached was not that way of the way that Vrabel set out to coach. Yeah. And, and it ended up they parted ways, right? I mean, Dory Jackson didn't get that fit Came down to money, right? It came down to that last, the fourth season where the third year, Adoree balled out. Like Adoree Jackson, there's no doubt about it that Adoree Jackson had a really good season in 2019. And then in 2020, he got hurt. It was confusing. We still never know what happened. We think it was a patella injury. So some type of knee injury. It happened in the bubble. And in the summer of COVID, we were not allowed as media in the bubble. Because uh, it was indoors. And so that's where it happened, and nobody knew anything about it. And he disappeared and kind of, you know, he got designated to return from IR, then went back on I. It was just a really confusing situation that we never got a clear answer on. And so the Titans got out from under the fifth year option scot free, which was, that was the last year you could do that, ditch a fifth year option before you picked it up. 
fully guaranteed, which was the right business move for the Titans. And so uh, Brian says nothing wrong with what Adoree said. Sawyer says he's not wrong. Not everyone is coached the same, which is true. So let's go ahead and ask this question. Nicholas adds Adoree was excellent in 2019. So let's ask this question, Zach, and get the chat more involved. What's one word to describe Adoree Jackson's comments about Mike Vrabel? What's one word to describe his comments about Mike Vrabel? Again, those comments, good coach, smart as hell. He knows what he's doing, but he don't know how to coach everybody. What Adoree Jackson said on the Cut To It podcast with Steve Smith. But before we get back to the chat, uh, for your answers, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. Your perfect make and model is right down I-40, exit 236, right outside of Nashville. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Payne Bone, who family-owned and operated, it's a great dealership. Both Austin and I have broadcasted there. We've test-driven vehicles from there, including the Palisade. That all-new Palisade is a full-size SUV with third-row seating, all the bells and whistles that you need. Your perfect make and model, like I said, is at Wilson County Hyundai. You just have to find it, whether it's a fuel-efficient car or the Ionic, which is battery-powered, which is huge You know, today with gas prices as high as they are. They can order you an Ionic today. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Don't forget, download the BetMGM app. It's a great time to do it because your first bet is risk-free up to $1,000 with our code ATOZ Sports. It's really simple for everybody. You download the app from whatever app store you've got. Then you sign up, sign in using that code ATOZ Sports. You place your first deposit and then your first bet risk-free. Again, up to $1,000 with Bet MGM, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, the only new customer offer. All promotions, schedule qualification, eligible requirements. Rewards issued as novel trouble free bets, or credit free bets, expiring seven days. For popping game of support, call Tennessee Redline 800 889 9789. Zach Adore Jackson's comments. What's one word to describe uh, how uh, you feel about Adore Jackson's comments about Mike Vrabel? What's the chat saying? Well, I've given out the love of the show oh. because of a comment that got me to my word. And I don't know if this person, it is their word, but it was an outstanding comment. And I'm going to read it after I read some other comments, okay. but I, I've got it in the holster. It, I've already given them the love of the show, so people on Facebook can go back and, and see which one it is before I state it. But Jarrell says fair. Sin City Titan says salty. Fair coming in from MB. Brock also says fair. And Xavier also says salty. So we got salty and fair. Misguided from Nav454. Psycho from Steven. Respectful from Lou. Honest from Charlie. Honest again coming from Bobby. Uh, not a big deal. So he uses four words when we ask for one word from Jabu. Uh, fair coming in again from Scott. Opinionated from Jeff. Blame. Coming in from Titan Up Ohio, Alex says excuse, truthful from Sean, salty again from Ethan, irresponsible from Honky Tonk, deflection from Titans Kyle, Man, predictable good. from Shrike, unimportant from Deborah, uh, sensitive from Jameson, weak from Juan, uh, another fair coming in from, from Bobby, Says we all know how stubborn Mike can be. Talking about Mike Vrabel with his thought process. Every person responds differently to different styles, and you have to be able to coach each of them. This leads me into the love of the show, which goes to Rob Wright, 
and Rob Wright describes, Mike Vrabel is old school. Adoree Jackson is a safe place generation. So my one word is safe. I think it's perfect. And I think I described it before we actually listened to the clip or right after. Mike Vrabel, this is, honestly, I think this is just was on a path for probably destruction of not working out. And the reason why is I agree with Rob Wright. Adoree Jackson comes from a safe place generation. He was top top guy out of high school, went to USC, drafted in the first round, had really good skill. But as we've gotten to know Adoree in the locker room, he's a soft-spoken guy, loves eating Reese's at Laid any back, point in time. Chill. He is laid Light. back yep. and chill. You're exactly right. Well, you know who's not laid back and chill? The guy who cussed your ass out on the sidelines on practice. Oh, and his gosh. name's Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, and the reason why I probably said that this was an intersection for disaster was because Mike Vrabel was also early in his coaching career. He was trying to figure out his coaching style. He made some bad in-game decisions, right? He went and was aggressive when he didn't need to be early on in his coaching career. And just like anybody, when you're learning, you made make mistakes. I'm sure Mike Vrabel was trying to find his coaching identity as, as, as Adore Jackson was trying to find his playing identity. I think a lot of the comments were correct. This is a fair statement. I just think that Adore Jackson probably mentally was not ready for what Mike Vrabel was ditching, dishing out. And Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel was mentally not ready or prepared as an NFL head coach to treat players accordingly. He's definitely settled in even more to that now. He's well-respected by coaches and players alike all across the league. But I think this is, you know, early on in both of their careers, not meshing, but safe. Because Mike Vrabel was not dealing with safe places, and that's where Adoree Jackson came from. Yeah, and that, and that kind of goes along with what my one word was going to be, which was coddled. Because Adoree Jackson, and I go, again, I have feel like I've been following Adoree Jackson for nearly 10 years because he was that prized five-star recruit at the time. Tennessee was one of his finalists when I had just graduated from college. I've heard stories about Adoree Jackson's official visit uh, to Tennessee, which are absolutely hilarious at the links that the Tennessee staff went to to make sure Adoree Jackson and his father had everything they possibly needed to have at that official visit to get into Knoxville. They didn't, they didn't do it. He went to USC, obviously. But even further back, Adoree Jackson from the South, Southern California area, he followed and went to high school in like Indiana or Illinois living with his sister because that was a better situation. So it was, how can you get Adoree into a better situation to set him up for a, I'm not saying it's a bad move. Parents have to make parent have to make parental decisions for what they think is best for their child. I'm not denying that, but they wanted to get him and prop him up into a better situation. So they moved him to the center of the country instead of Southern California. And then he's the prize five-star recruit. He's a track star, freak athlete, all this kind of stuff. Goes to USC, plays defense at a high level, plays offense, return guy, does it all. Big guy, cool guy on campus, first-round draft pick and everything you said until he met an asshole. He ran into an asshole and Mike Vrabel didn't take anything. And so Adoree Jackson, who's been, who's gotten 
everything he's wanted in his athletic career and life up until 2018 ran into a brick wall and didn't know what to do with it. And so that's where I use the word coddled for this because he is a really good athlete. Like he's got the leaping ability, the speed, the ball skills, the everything. It's just between here that he wasn't ready for the toughness that was thrown in his face. And I look at his teammate, Logan Ryan, who three-star recruit, not highly recruited, went to Rutgers, worked his tail off, mid-round pick, uh, had to earn the big contract playing with the Patriots. Like you see a lot of like why Logan Ryan is the way that he is and why Dory Jackson is the way that he is. And so it makes a lot of sense there. I think Logan Ryan's also like a coach's son too, which breeds its own type of uh, characteristics as well. So I think coddled is the word that I used. It made a Dory Jackson look bad. And I, I like Adori. I think he's a pleasant person. In the few interactions I've had, I've never had a bad thing to say about him personally. Man. But these comments made him look weak. Well, and, no, I think he admitted, right? Like, yeah, and then, he and admitted were, that he was honest. not mentally prepared for the National Football but League. But he kind of danced around it a little bit. Well, of course. You're not going to sit there and say, hey, I wasn't prepared. I mean, not many people would say that. Some people would. But his comments told us that he was not prepared for the NFL and being a first-round pick and hard coaching. And that's, look, that's the nature of the draft. You don't get to pick, you know, Trevor Lawrence didn't get to pick Urban Meyer as his coach, right? Like, that was Urban probably, Meyer did get to pick the Jags because so, he had Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, right? That that, but that was hell, right? I mean, you don't always get to pick the right situation. And, and, and real quick, MB, I want to correct this. MB says Adore was not drafted by Vrabel, it was the Malarkey era. Yeah, but it was John Robinson. And so that's, you know, John Robinson picks John Robinson characteristic guys. And I think why I remember why they, and I was excited they picked Adore. They could have picked a Tredavious White, who went 10 spots later to the Buffalo Bills, who is one of the best corners in the league. But they picked Adore Jackson because people thought Adore Jackson was a multifaceted player that could help the Titans who were the worst team in football the year before. Yeah. And look, they picked him because, and it looked like they could really, I mean, he would have been, a, I think he was projected at least when he was drafted. I don't remember exactly where we were. We were in corner pub that night yep. and because we were doing a draft show. It was three hours long. Yeah. We had and, lots of IPAs and, I remember thinking Adoree Jackson could be the best Titans punt returner since Pac-Man Jones because Mark Mariani was good and solid and exactly what they needed and was able to return touchdowns. But Mark Mariani wasn't the dynamic athlete. He was smart. He was straight line speed. I mean, he did all of the right things that you needed. They were drafting a guy that could be this Honestly, game it changer. was Patrick Peterson. Game changer, yeah. Patrick Peterson was, it was, uh, you know, Terrence Matthew. I mean, that's that, that was the new dynamic of, of player that was coming out of college that could play multi-positions and help you. And Patrick Peterson, just like everybody, eventually they phase out of special teams, right? Because they become too, too valuable and they get paid too much money and they don't get hurt. Adoree didn't get that. Adoree just wasn't as good punt returning. He, he actually was bad. He, he cost them 
fumbles and possessions and, and possibly games if you really want to think about it. But Adore Jackson, they had to pick up his fifth-year option because of his 2019 season, but we found out very quickly that that they made the right decision by cutting him and taking the loophole and not keeping him around and paying him the money. And what did they do? After they got rid of Adoree Jackson, they reset. They And look how many corners have they drafted and signed in the last two years, three years. I mean, and I, I, with I mean, the picks that they have, I'm talking second and first round picks. They yeah, spent third two round, second round picks and a first round pick on corners. Who is the, who is the second first round pick? No, two second round picks and one first round. Who pick. are the two second rounders? Uh, oh, Christian McCreary. Fulton, yeah, McCreary, and, and McCreary. I, I forgot about McCreary. <laughs> yeah, well, because he hasn't officially played yet. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But that's fair. And then also Elijah Mold in the third round, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that once they once the old guard, you can kind of see, and I think this is unique watching a general manager work. Once the the three headed monster that was. You, you talk about Logan Ryan and Adoree Jackson, and then who was the, the other corner that... Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler. Yeah, right? Big money. That was the three-headed monster that they paid and drafted for. Once they realized Malcolm Butler was never going to be worth the $60 million that they even signed him for, Logan Ryan was older and couldn't play the position, and Adoree Jackson had injury and wasn't mentally strong, they switched very quickly and got younger, faster, and drafted very high of that particular position. It, it's kind of wild to look at how they did that. All right, Angelo says, uh, come on, A to Z. He didn't take a shot at Vrabel. He definitely didn't work out for the Titans, but this is clickbait. No, it's not clickbait, because Adoree Jackson said this. I will read the quote from our website. He knows what he's doing, but he don't know how to coach everybody. That That is taking a shot at Mike Vrabel. He's saying that he doesn't know how to coach everybody. So that's, there's no clickbait with this going on. He took a shot at Mike Vrabel. And but he criticized it, Mike Vrabel for not how, how, not knowing how to coach him. But I'll, yes, but I'll also say this about Adore Jackson, which, uh, you know, I don't know how long Angela has been watching the show, but we asked one word to uh, describe what you thought about Adore Jackson's comments. I called Adore Jackson coddled because this is what I felt like. I think Adore Jackson made himself look bad. By, Look, say, by talking about this, I, if you know my personality and you've ever met me, I am definitely so much closer to Mike Vrabel than Adoree Jackson. And Mike Vrabel is the boss, right? What Mike Vrabel says goes. I respect Mike Vrabel. I like his coaching style. I think he's a player's coach on a certain level, and he demands respect on a very much higher level. And I don't have time for mentally weak people. I, look, A to Z sports. I don't have time for mentally weak people. You, you, you're either mentally strong or you're gone. It's just how it goes. And especially with the cutthroat nature of football, Adoree Jackson didn't have it as a first-round pick all-star corner. You, you, and some people do and some people don't. And look, you don't have to be Mike Vrabel or Phillip Rivers. I mean, it's proven Joe Flacco and Eli Manning have both won Super Bowls, right? You don't have to have the, you know, the crazy eyes that, you know, maybe Vrabel has, but you can't be mentally weak. And, and Adoree Jackson is literally in the clip admitting 
in the NFL, it's 90% middle. So if you cannot be mentally strong, you will not for long. I mean, right? That's what the NFL stands for. You won't be there for long. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Donald says, I interpret it as a Dory saying Vrabel isn't the best with people and communicating. I, I think Vrabel's pretty clear. <laughs> I think he tells you what he's going to do and what he expects, and he goes forward with it. And if people, you know, Mike Vrabel's a very stubborn human being. Zach and I, I think we're both very stubborn human beings. And maybe you can say Dory Jackson's also stubborn in a different way. And so when Mike Vrabel, who wanted something done his way, a Dory Jackson who wanted to continue to do it his way, the way that made him a first-round pick and a Thorpe Award winner and a five-star recruit, that they were both unwilling to make it work, maybe, and that's why they didn't mesh. Uh, so I do think Steve Smith said something about Mike Vrabel that I think is more interesting than Adoree Jackson's comments. Because Adoree Jackson's comments are what got the headlines and the notability. But Steve Smith's comments, I think, are what turns into the best conversation. So we'll talk about that. But first, let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, nowhere to turn. You go to boneandjointtn.org. You click the make an appointment button. You type in your name. You tell them what part of your body is injured or hurt. And it sorts out the, the doctors who specialize in those types of injuries. And then you get their schedule right in front of you to fit your schedule. It's super easy. I did it last month. And again, so easy for me to go in and out and not have a bunch of time waiting around in waiting rooms or waiting on the doctors. And Dr. Jeff Watson's a great guy too. So you can go check them out whenever you need them at boneandjointtn.org. We are powered by BetMGM. Download the app today. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk free bet up to $1,000, $1,000 for new users. So sign up today. Go to your Apple or Android store. Download BetMGM code ATOZ Sports. You can see it right there on the screen. We're hooking you up with some massive deals. And BetMGM is sprinkling in deals for already users that have signed up. So that tells you you need to sign up today and use the promo code ATOZ Sports. I do want to read some comments before we get sure. to, to Steve Smith's clip. And I have to PTI era corrector correct myself. And I'm upset that I did it because one defense's nickname is so much better than the other. I referenced the New York Giants earlier in the show. I called them Monsters of the Midway. That's obviously the Chicago Bears. What I was thinking of is the big blue wrecking crew. That was, and I'm, I'm like, when do I? When do you get opportunities to say Big Blue Wrecking Crew? That was the LT days, yeah. Um, earlier, so I wanted to reference that. But Jarrell brings up something that we're uh, kind of perfectly leads into what Steve Smith says and talks about Vrabel was a Belichick player. He learned from the best, and it works. We're going to talk about how well it works here very quickly, and. Jameson says it's exactly what Austin you referenced. He was put up on a pedestal and got humbled real quick. I think Mike Vrabel, I mean, he, he's not mean just for the sake of being mean or nasty just for the sake of being nasty. He's there to get you better and hold you accountable. That's how I've always thought about Vrabel because Bill Belichick, what is the saying that has made, you know, the Patriots dynasty so famous? Do your job. 
if you're not doing your job correctly, then somebody else has to do your job for you. And when somebody else has to do your job for you, then the whole thing, house of cards, it starts to crumble. Mike Vrabel is there to hold people accountable. And when, for this instance, somebody is not mentally strong, usually they make a lot of mistakes. And when you make a lot of mistakes, other people have to come in and fix them. I think that's just the product of what we saw with Adoree Jackson and Mike Vrabel. And Mike Vrabel has gotten the most out. I think his coaching style has worked more than it hasn't worked. He obviously is still the head coach and reigning coach of the year. So he's doing something right. And that philosophy does work. Yeah, I mean, they they won 12 games when they lost their best player for half the season to injury. They had nobody to throw to for several uh, stretches of the season and pulled guys off the couch every week to implement in the game plan to be successful. So Mike Vrabel's got a track record there. But Steve Smith had a comment about Bill Belichick guys. And this is what I think is more interesting. And it, The clip starts with Dory Jackson clarifying what he thinks about Mike Vrabel. He still took a shot at Mike Vrabel, but it, it kind of leads into what Steve Smith said. But at the end of the day, like I said, I can never bash bash him or say anything yeah. bad. But I mean, good dude. I mean, he can coach his tail off. I know he's talking about he it. Just just different, he, he got a different yeah. personality, right? You know, I, I, then, I'll say it. No. You won't. This is not you saying it. This is not <laughs> Dory Jack saying this. Steve Smith Sr. saying it. Bill Belichick folk. I don't know why. I don't know how. But them dudes come off on their first job. They try to be bail to the T. Mm. And it never works out. Mm. It never works out. Long term, it doesn't work out. Because they burn so many bridges with players. I was going to ask why you thought that. that. Th that's what I hear. It just burn. They, they rub players' pulse the wrong way. <laughs> they do. So that's what Steve Smith said. And he went, you know, he's been, uh, he played in the league for 16 years. He's been doing media for another six years. So 22 years around the NFL for Steve Smith senior. Uh, so, you know, what do you think about those comments? Look, I think he's basing it obviously on the Belichick coaching tree that hasn't worked out. Right. You think of, you know, I, Charlie Weiss, you think of Romeo Cornell, you think of Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, I think, is the example of like what he was thinking. The person he was thinking about when he was talking, I felt like was Bill O'Brien, right? Because he rubbed players the wrong way. And ultimately, you know, the Texans went to a lot of playoffs. They didn't, they don't have anything to show for well, it. Well, I think right? there's several guys, right? Because if you go through the NFL head coaches that have come from Bill Belichick, you get names like Charlie Weiss. Eric Mangini, Josh McDaniels, Bill O'Brien, Matt Patricia, who was so fast out of Detroit, Joe Judge, who lasted a little bit longer in New York than Matt Patricia lasted in Detroit. And so there's, and then you've got Mike Vrabel, who, who obviously Adoria is saying they didn't mesh well. So there's a lot of guys who are, then there's like the really good, like human that, that nobody says a bad word about him, like, uh, uh, like Romeo Cornell. Right, <laughs> that everybody loves Romeo Cornell, and he's a great coach, and he had an opportunity, and was a really good uh, coordinator for a long time in the league. Well, you cannot. So you know the great. The, here's the greatest example that radio hosts try to be other radio hosts. Right, they try to be Colin Cowherd. They try to compare, you know, quarterbacking to cat food. 
And, you know, Colin can do that. He is just, he can do that. But not everybody can. You have to be your own boss and be your own person and have your own identity. Now, you have to show results. And the big thing and, and trait from all those guys you just named, how what were their results? Not very good. And so we're going to get to this because Lee says that Vrabel is not a part of Bill's coaching tree, though. You know, and, and well, he is a part of the tree. He's just not the branches that you're thinking of. Yeah, he's technically is a branch off of Bill O'Brien when it comes to NFL, who is a sub branch of, uh, you know, so he's a sub branch of, uh, of Bill and Belichick as a Bucks guy. I'll give you an example. And look for Vrabel, he's a player. So that is unique, but Raheem Morris, hopefully people know who Raheem Morris is, right? Cause he was the interim coach for the Atlanta Falcons. I knew him as the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Josh Freeman. Oh God. I thought that guy was going to be great, and that guy stunk. But Raheem Morris is a branch from Tony Dungy, from Mike Tomlin, right? So, like, it, that's what a tree is. It's a family tree, right? It's a coaching tree. There are tons of different branches. And Mike Vrabel, when he entered and coached under Bill O'Brien, he became that branch, right? And usually, when players get out of the league and want to go into coaching, what do they do? They find a coach they've played for. <laughs> to coach under you know because mm -hmm. that's where they get opportunity so I, look i think i think mike vrabel has done more than bill o'brien i mean we think about how it ended but bill o'brien did have some good seasons yeah bill o'brien went south when he got the gm role and responsibility that's too much responsibility yeah, and and he rubbed people the wrong way. Remember the DeAndre Hopkins trade and how DeAndre Hopkins went off about that and how he, how he felt. And so, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of I'm I'm the smartest guy in the room vibes from Bill O'Brien. And then you know you get humbled, you go be the offensive coordinator at Alabama for a little bit and see see where that takes you. Well, yeah, you go to coaching rehab as they call it. Yeah, which by the way, uh, another uh, massive branch, probably the biggest branch off of Bill Belichick's trees, Nick Saban. <laughs> Which is wild. And, and somebody brought up there, too, uh, that I wanted to get right, um, is that Bill Belichick is technically, yes, part of the Bill Parcells tree. That is correct. And Bar Bill Parcells has the same style as Mike Vrabel. If you have the big tuna. If you've ever watched any document, uh, and man, uh, this uh, here's another opportunity to talk about the Big Blue Wrecking Crew and Lawrence Taylor and Lights. I mean, you, you talk about that standard of football and that way of coaching. And so Scott kind of leads us into our question for the chat. You know, Vrabel is a good coach, bottom line. Well, the, the question that we want to ask you guys, does Mike Vrabel have to win a Super Bowl to prove the Belichick, Belichickian way, if you want to call it that, works outside of Bill Belichick himself. So does Mike Vrabel have to win a Super Bowl? Because Bill O'Brien could not do that. He made the playoffs numerous times. And then, you know, everybody's going to remember how it doesn't work. You know, if Mike Vrabel becomes, you know, Mike Tomlin and, and coaches for decades or Pete Carroll, all those guys have won Super Bowls. Yeah. If you don't win Super Bowls, you usually don't last that long. 
But does he have? Does Mike Vrabel have to win a Super Bowl to prove the Belichickian coaching way works outside of Bill himself? I think yeah, it's a this, great question. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting um, because because Mike Vrabel is working, but like I, I think Mike and Mike Vrabel has answered this questions about Bill Belichick that. Just like you said, radio hosts try to emulate another radio host that they watched or listened to growing up. You know, Mike Vrabel has talked about how much he learned about Bill uh, about coaching under Bill Cowher when he was drafted by the Steelers out of Ohio State and played under Bill Cowher. Then he went uh, and played under Bill Belichick. Then he got then he coached under Urban Meyer back at Ohio State, and then Bill O'Brien and how he's blended his style and who he is and who his coaching philosophy is with all four of those guys. And so like, I think Mike Vrabel's already proven himself to be a way above average, very good NFL head coach. Now winning the NFL coach of the year means you had a great year. Matt Nagy also won the NFL coach of the year. A few years <laughs> I was about, yeah. <laughs> so that it can turn real fast. So I don't like to prove the Belichickian way works. I mean, what do you think? I'm kind of talking around it because I don't really know how to answer it right now. It's, it's a really well, tough question. So I looked at other examples. So Andy Reed, if Andy Reed didn't win a Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs, do you would you consider Andy Reed a great coach? Yeah. Prior to that? So yes, you can do it. Now that's few and far between. That is a very unique situation. And that's a long resume. A ve- I mean, five straight NFC Championship games with the Eagles. I mean, they're a Super Bowl loss, right, to Tom Brady. I mean, there's – but I-, I tried to find an example. That was kind of the, the top-tier example that I could find. I think the hard part is the answer is yes because of all of the failed Belichickian ways, Right. So if you don't win a Super Bowl, if somebody else had done it, then it would be different. But Mike Vrabel has to do it. I don't know, man, because he's already the, I guess because he's already the most successful Bill Belichick, Bill it, Belichickian person. Yes. It's the people that, that struggled and failed behind him or prior to him of why the pressure is the way that it is and why the question structured the way that it is. So my final answer is yes, because Super Bowls make you, because look, if he doesn't win a Super Bowl and he's eventually fired again, if I named a coach, you can think how that person was fired first, right? If they didn't win a Super Bowl, that I think, and we don't know how this story is going to end, but especially if Mike Vrabel wins the Super Bowl for the Tennessee Titans, the first time in franchise history, you know, the first time since they were there with Steve McNair, that is going to justify that Belichick's tree can even grow even more. Uh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to answer no on this just because I think it's, it's so hard to win a Super Bowl. Right, like how many people have won us? How many head coaches have won Super Bowls? Like, and you know, not let's many see, because Belichick I, goes to all. I've got several coaching trees in front of me. Right, like 
I got the Bill Walsh coaching tree, which is a great one. Sam White, George Seifert, Dennis Green, Mike Holmgren, Ray Rhodes, and Mike White are the main branches off of that. And then, for example, you've got uh, Dennis Green has Brian Billick, Tony Dungy, Mike Tice. Mike Holmgren has Steve Mariucci, John Gruden, Dick Duran, Andy Reid, Mike Sherman, Marty Morningweg, and Jim Zorn. Wow. So it's like, but how many of these guys have won a Super Bowl off of however many branches of Bill Walsh trees? I mean, Don Shula, uh, I mean, you got George Seifert, that's Jeff Fisher, Gary Kubiak, Mike McCoy, Mark Trussman. I mean, so there's uh, Sean Payton's got one Super Bowl, right? John Harbaugh's got a Super Bowl. Um, does Jim Fossil does not. So, I mean, it's just like, there's not a lot of Super Bowls to go around. No, That's, well, think about Bill Belichick. He's taking all of the appearances. <laughs> yeah, and for the last 20 years, he's taken, what, six of them? That's just wins. That's not yeah, appearances. Yeah, that's wins, not appearance. Right, that's just wins. They've been to 10, right? I mean, Brady's, well, the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots have been to nine. They won six because the, they lost the Giants twice and lost to Philly. And Tom, or Tampa Tom, Tom has been to 10 because of the Bucks. So, but yeah, the reason why is not because of the coaches have been bad. It's just that Belichick has been so good. But I also think Belichick's disciples, if you want to call them that, have been mostly bad. Well, yeah, yes, but they haven't had the opportunity. Just like, but just like, let's think about this. Nick Saban, who is the Bill Belichick of college football, his disciples have been mostly underwhelming. Kirby Smart broke through. That's really the first one. And Jimbo was the the first time that Nick Saban's lost to one of his disciples was twice this past season. Right. But so, but again, like really good about, coaches. I mean, look, Lane Kiffin, Kirby Smart, and Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, I don't even know if I count Lane Kiffin because that's like a rehab stint. Not necessarily a tree branch, but he's under he's under him. He's offensive coordinator. What do you? Yeah, about? I know that for a brief time after he was for a, a head brief coach, time he took him uh, to again, the national championship. I, I think. Uh, I mean, Lane Kiffin came from his father. Like that's it's just a different. He's under the Nick Saban coaching tree. There's no way you cannot say that. Are you crazy? He was a head coach for at three different places before he went to Nick Saban. I understand, but he. His college, I mean, where he, what is he doing now? He had to re again rehab. Sure, he had to go to rehab. Bill Bill O'Brien's not under the Nick Saban tree, Zach. In a weird way, no, not really. I mean, he's a part of the family, but he's not at the. He's maybe he's like a third cousin. I don't know. Still but, related. So it, but the, the the family is based on and, and yeah, Lane Kiffin's more more Pete Carroll than anybody because that's where he was under usc he's under pete carroll lane kiffin's a pete carroll no i think you i think i think it. i think lane kiffin got, is an estranged no, 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 no. cousin that um, has jumped different trees i think jabu's right i think nick saban has two trees he's got his big tree and then he's got his rehab tree yeah i, I think it's just separate trees but and lane kiffin is under the pete carroll tree that's where he got his start he was a head coach for the Raiders, for Tennessee, and for USC before he even met and went to Nick Saban. No, I understand. He had a second coming. Yeah. 
He got so, revived. Again, like, but my, my point is under Nick Saban's tree, how many guys have been successful? So I think it's just a product of, of the, these two guys, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are the best of the best. And the people that have gotten opportunities off of them for the most part failed because they weren't able to be themselves because they were pressured to be too much like Saban or Belichick. Well, that Mike is variable for, for the most part. I'm not even go wide brush. They failed for the most part because they weren't themselves. And Mike Vrabel had, has the opportunity to be himself. And here's the other thing. Look, I don't know how long Bill Belichick is going to coach, but they don't. he doesn't have Tom Brady. And look, still made the playoffs last year with Mac Jones. The door is opening up, right, for more coaches to win Super Bowls because the Patriots didn't win the AFC East last year, right? Yeah. Or the year before. So, so I say no. I think. I, I think I in think, the history books, it's a yes. Okay. Or fine. I could split the difference. Nah, I, I got to say yes. You have to go to it and win. Nobody really cares about the coaches that lost. I just think, I, I think you can prove that it works. I, without, you can prove the, the model without winning a Super Bowl. Because that's what we're talking about. We're trying to prove the model. Bill Belichick winning six Super Bowls is the anomaly in all of this. Mike Vrabel, ugh, I'm going to say this. Mike Vrabel won't win a Super Bowl until he finds a new quarterback. Oh, well, okay. And a new, well, and a new, <laughs> but it's a, it's a new philosophy, right? Yeah, I mean. But it tells you that we've talked about this. We beat this thing dead. You can't win a Super Bowl in today's NFL era running the ball. You have to have a throwing passing quarterback. Yeah, but you can't just start throwing the ball 45 times a game without the right quarterback. You have to have balance. I understand that. And that's why I think I'm so eager and intrigued of the possibility. Let's just say that. Possibility of Malik Willis working out. There's so much work that that guy has to do. Oh, I, I know. I, it's a possibility. I cannot wait to have more Malik Willis conversations once they hit the practice field. Cannot yeah. wait. Yeah. It's going to be fun. All right, let's get to throwing shade because uh, I have a feeling shade is going to be very interesting based off of one video that I see Zach already has loaded up in the machine back here. Uh, but first, Zach, tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Yeah, FBHP.com is where you need to go to switch your health plan. I switched my health plan earlier this year, and I'm glad that I did. I reaped all three of these benefits, better coverage, better rates, and better service. Over 200-plus locations across the state of Tennessee, FBHP.com slash A-T-O-Z. You can visit them online, give them a call. I spoke to them on the phone, which, man, they made things a lot easier. You got a quick health assessment that took about 20 minutes answered a bunch of questions, then they gave me a quote. That quote was 20% less than my previous health plan. Yes, 20% less. Check to see if you can save money and increase some better coverage for you and your family at fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. Don't forget, sign up for the BetMGM app. Football season is almost here, and that's where BetMGM gets really fun. Uh, but download the BetMGM app. Use our code when you sign up, ATOZ Sports. You get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 with your first bet after your first deposit. 
Join us this football season, Zach and I, on the BetMGM train, uh, and let's get to some throwing shit. We throw shade to end the show every Wednesday here on A to Z Sports. So uh, if you've got shade, bring it. And so I see Jason says, shade on anyone that thinks Lane Kiffin is a good coach. Jason, you think Lane Kiffin's not a good coach? Lane Kiffin's been a good coach for a long time. He was immature for some of that time and then got screwed by USC with sanctions. But he's proven the fact that he's a good football coach. I don't okay. see what, I, I, I've admitted I thought that for most of my life. And I and something I've been right about for a long time is that Lane weirdly Kiffin, enough, it he's he's right with my alma mater, which I'll take. I told <laughs> I told him I thought Lane Kiffin would crush it at Oregon, and I thought that's where the Oregon should go. Zach was anti-Lane Kiffin for the longest time, and he gives Ole Miss 10 wins in a season for the first time, and Lane Kiffin's great. Lane Kiffin's a really good coach. Let's read some shade and and fill the comments with some shade. Uh, Sean says, I'm throwing shade is when you stop and let somebody pull in front of you off a side street with busy traffic and they don't acknowledge it. Like, give you a little, like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I always get concerned that they don't see my thank you. Like, I'm like, I try to make it, like, yeah, thank you. Like, in the rearview mirror, like, I want to make sure. So many people are on the phone doing that. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, let's see here. Eric goes back to the drive. Uh, shade on people that drive with no headlights when it's clearly dark. Ooh. Gotten a wreck because of it. A- Eric had mentioned that. Um, Aaron says shade on Paramount Plus for uh, for stop while I was trying to watch SpongeBob <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants last night. So uh, some trouble with streaming on Paramount Plus. Uh, we won't get into some presidential shade from Eric that I see. Um, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Shade on lazy people at work got paged at 5 a.m. because someone else can't be an adult. There's nothing worse when people don't do their job. I, I, I'm with you there, Johnny. I agree with that. Shade on summer, been around too long. I disagree with that, Seth. I love summer. And it's, I'm sad that it is almost over. Uh, Xavier doubles up on the shade to Facebook for not throwing out yeah. uh, notifications. Michael says shade on anyone who doesn't admit that when they saw a Dory line up on offense for the first time, it was like, oh, hell yeah, here we go. I think we all, right? Well, yeah, in 2017, that was exciting. <laughs> and it stopped being exciting once it wasn't working. Bobby says shade on drivers who can't be bothered to stop when people try to cross pedestrians right away. Noah says shade on the national league all-star team. Once again, getting owned by the American league and uh, honky tonk says shade on chicken trailers makes my wife cry every time. Oh yeah. I, I would agree with that. Honky tonk. When you see caged chickens, look, I, Popeyes and fried chicken like the rest of them. But when you actually see driving down the road and there's chicken feces all over the truck, it does make you feel you go grab a burger instead. Let's just say. Well, you can also see uh, <laughs> pigs in the same way. And cows oh, yeah. I mean, it, look, I mean, well, they're, they're going there to either get slaughtered or, I mean, it's, it's just yeah, which, humans but, on top. I mean, yeah, that's it, what it, it Again, is. that's 
part of the reason why I'm vegetarian. So it's it it eats at me. No pun intended. There you go. All right. So uh I will throw shade first and then we'll get back to uh your shade, Zach, because you got some video. Are you My- pro free range chickens? Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I eat eggs every day. So, okay. I mean, see, there you go. You just got to be smart Good about compromise right there. Yeah. So, my shade, Zach, is, you know, I've talked about this some and it continues to happen all the damn time is that when you are a delivery person, there is zero need for you to knock on any door. Zero need. The notification that comes from the app for which you are being paid to be a delivery person is the door knocking. So when I, when I order anything, groceries, food, whatever it's, I get a notification when you are there. That's how it works. I also tell you in my notes, please do not knock on the door. Here's where you should put the thing. And still delivery people knocking on the door which then sends my house into chaos for the next five minutes because dogs who are currently peacefully napping, like the one next to me right here, jump up and are startled and everything goes crazy when you just don't have to knock. The notification that says your groceries have been delivered is the knocking. So please stop. I swear. It makes me so frustrated. So frustrated. So Jabu... What do you think about Jabu's comment? Call me. There is also on every single one of these delivery apps, a way to either message or call the person you're delivering to. It's not that hard. Yeah. I mean, we this kind of reuse shade. We've established that, uh, but, it, but it's happened. It happened to me yesterday. It happened to me on Sunday. It happened but to me. Doors are made for knocking. No, they're not. No, yeah, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they are not. I mean, doors are not made for are. knocking. They, no. Yes, because they're an entryway, right? So they are. The, again, nobody knows your personal situation, right? Nobody. Oh, knows no, 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 no. They do because I tell them in the freaking notes. It says special Every drop time? off. Special drop off instructions. Please don't knock. To startle the dogs. You say place, that every time yes, you get a it delivery. Is permanently placed in my grocery delivery app, Uber Eats, Grubhub, whatever the hell else I use to deliver. It is permanently right there in front of their faces. So if if you do that every single solitary every time, I will give you that. Time. Every single time. Because that is then a case of not following direction. Yes. All right, let's get to um, the craziest thing that I have heard in some time. So... Vanderbilt head coach, two win, first year, going into his second year, Vanderbilt head coach Clark Lee, take it away. We know that in time, Vanderbilt football will be the best program in the country. As I stated a year ago, there are no cheat codes, no shortcuts, no hacks that will allow this to happen overnight. This is still about going the long, hard way, independent of the trends and the headlines generating the most attention right now in college football. Clark, can you repeat what you said right there at the beginning? We know that in time, Vanderbilt football will be the best program in the country. Well, wait, I, what, what'd you say? We know that in time, Vanderbilt football will be the best program in the country. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. I don't need to say anything else. I mean, is he the best college football program in Nashville-Davidson County? My problem was obviously with what he said, but the fact that he wrote it down. He's reading from notes. This guy wrote that down? Did you not have a proofreader? Like, again, I get in confidence. I may be one of the most confident people in my life. I I think I can rule the world, knowing that I probably cannot rule the world, but I think that. But I don't go around telling people I can rule the world. He wrote that down, Austin. He wrote that down or typed that down or put that on paper and he didn't have anybody proofread because if anybody did, they needed, and he's a smart guy. They went to NBA, coached at Notre Dame. I mean, he's been around a lot of smart people too. He wrote that down and that is a lie. It, it, it's just a bold-faced lie. There is no chance such as what you got no chance in hell that we know that in time Vanderbilt football will be the best program in the country. No, they can't. They physically, um, financially, literally, financially, <laughs> figuratively, they figuratively can't There's even be zero way. I mean, maybe did he not know? No, did he not get the memo that? Texas and Oklahoma are coming to town soon. Maybe they can be the best football program in the country when it comes to like GPA, but that's not what he's saying. No, he's not because to be the best program in the country, you have to win games. You, you have to win games and you know, like it or not, Clark Lee was two and ten last year, and they got their ass kicked. Oh, all over ET- the yard by ETSU, all over the yard. I mean, look at these scores. Yeah, you know how bad they lost to ETSU twenty-one to three, right? Twenty-three to three. Oh, that was close. Boat race by Stanford, 41-23. Georgia, 62-0 embarrassment. Oh, yeah, follow that up. Florida, I mean, they did beat UConn 30-28. No, no, UConn might be worse than Vanderbilt. I know. And I will say this about you. I was at one of our favorite restaurant bars uh, during that game, which is next to Vandy or close to Vandy Stadium. When they beat UConn, they let off every firework that they have been storing in Vanderbilt Stadium for the last three years. And because they won a game against UConn, who is more inept than Vanderbilt football. And I want to disclose this. And and Strike is right. Vandy should have lost that game. (laughs) So when Austin, and I will say this, when Austin, you do not like Vandy, you're a Tennessee guy. It, it, It is in your blood. I get it. It's okay. 
I like Vandy. I root for, I want Vandy to succeed. I Am I happy that Ole Miss plays Vandy every year? Yes, I am. But I, I don't wish bad things upon Vandy. I want Vandy to compete. It would, I would love to see Vandy, you know, upset Kentucky and upset Florida and have a close. I mean, they're not going to beat Georgia or, you know, but when Vanderbilt was beating Tennessee, that was entertaining for a guy that had no dog in the fight. And so I, you know, I look at that, but to spew the rhetoric that they will eventually be the best program in the country is just, I, it's I, just bad. Derek Mason, former Vandy coach, said some dumb things to the media while he was the Vandy head coach. Like his first SEC media days, he said that our goal is to win the SEC championship, which you can laugh at, but I'm not going to, you know, I laughed at it at the time, but again, whatever. But Clark Lee, just like, hold my beer, listen to this crap. You know what? This is what Clark Lee needs to do or needed to do. You have the stage. Nobody's going to pay attention. I've been to numerous SEC media days. Nobody is going to pay attention to you unless you do something that forces them to pay attention to you. It was like when Hugh Freeze filibustered for the entire time and thanked his long snapper and Gave I, the backup long snapper. Jesus love to the holder of the place kicker, right? Like until you do something like that, nobody's going to pay attention to you. Clark Lee needs to go up there and say, look, we're building this thing from the ground up. We're working as hard as we can. We're creating our identity and we're trying to compete. We're going to compete in the SEC. I don't know how, I don't know which way, but we are going to do it. We're going to figure it out with the guys on our coaching staff and the guys on our roster. And we're going to do the best damn job that we possibly can. But, and the hard thing about Clark Lee saying that Clark Lee isn't an idiot. Like you said, he's a smart guy. He's from the Nashville area, went to NBA, but he played at Vanderbilt. He, he played at Vanderbilt in 2002 to 2004, almost 20 years ago. When they were trash. Six and 29 yeah. as a player. Like, he knows, and nothing has changed. Like, there was a slight uptick for Bobby Johnson and James Franklin, then a, a down for Derek Mason and a bottom out, and here we are. He knows what this program ceiling is. And here's He's the problem. It. Honky Tonk says Vandy is moving to the Big Ten for conference realignment. This, if there's any time that Vandy could move, it would be right around now, but they won't They're not. because the money is too good. Why would you leave a place that is paying you more money than you will ever get anywhere else? Like, right? It's it's like when guys climb the ladder, and and this is used to is like guys aspire to be you know ESPN guys and the and 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 sports center anchors once you got fired from that job there was nowhere else for you to go now the internet you can go somewhere else you can create things like this the SEC is not going to get any weaker Vanderbilt would be stupid to leave they're not going to leave it's not how the sec has it written up in the bylaws for play for teams and uh schools get kicked out so it, it's really well, no yeah they happen. have to leave on their own accord yeah and which not is gonna not going to happen yeah because of the money right 
I mean, how much money do they get just a check written to them every year? I think it's getting close to 50 million a year. You can't just because walk away the, just from because 50 the SEC million. Network. Yeah, just because of the TV deals, which are just going to get bigger. Yeah, and once ESPN, it goes to streaming. Well, and then ESPN's already, that oh, that's kicked in yet, remember? The ESPN's taking over the SEC deal. So anyway, but. Uh, that's our shade. Fair shade, fair shade. All right, guys, hope everyone has a great rest of your Wednesday uh, we will be bowling tonight. So no prime time tonight because uh, it's Buck's birthday, but he will have um, a, a, sh- a YouTube short content uh, for prime time tonight. But we're bowling for Buck's birthday. So we'll see you guys if you're out there at Brooklyn Bowl, Bowl later on tonight. So uh, have a great rest of your Wednesday and we'll see you tomorrow on a Thursday for the Magic Bucket. Appreciate it. Thanks as always. Adios.